Like most fighting type Pokemon, Riolu naturally has superhuman strength, stamina, and endurance. It is capable of making long journeys on foot in a short amount of time. It is also a playful. Known, huh? Also known as running. <laughs> why, why is it yeah, written yeah. like that? That's pretty good. That's pretty, you're right. No, you're right. <laughs> it's capable of making long journeys on foot in a short amount of time. It can run really fast over great distances, which is shorter and more accurate. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. July's Community Day will have your tail polywagging with joy. It's prime time for some partner research. Tyrant and Amara make an annual event feel shiny and new. You heard them, Riolu. Let's get cracking. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 243. It's July 15th, yet another, if we were to say, Saturday midday. Uh, we're doing it again. Yes, we certainly are. We're recording on a Saturday. My name is Chris, your host, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle. Happy weekend. How you doing? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm just okay. All right. Good. Passing grade. We love that. We love that. Before we get started here, a shout out to a brand new patron of ours, Daniel Katz, I believe is actually a representative of a family that is listening. Uh, we will get to an email from them later. So uh, everybody will get their shout out that was included on that email. But thank you under the name that you registered as for Daniel Katz. Appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. More about Patreon and patronage at the end of the show. Uh, Mr. Kyle, we set some goals last week, but I do want to ask you something else first. Okay. Because this past week, you know, all of us listening here, whether or not you play other video games or not, you're now a video game player. Welcome. Welcome to the fold. Welcome to the, the family of people. And, uh, you know, it was the Steam Summer Sale this past week. And I got to ask, did you buy anything? And if what, what was it? You're not going to like my answer. Probably not. Probably not. I did not buy anything. Oh, no, I like that answer. Good for you. I'm very proud of you. Well, okay. So look, hang on. Before you give your answer, I have a reason. I have to spend all of my money next month. Why? At the end of July, Ratchet and Clank's port from the PS5 to Steam comes out. So I have to buy that. And that's a full price game. And then at the start of August, Baldur's Gate 3 comes out yeah it's like august 2nd and so that's another full game i need to get right there you haven't bought I, it yet no i haven't bought it yet okay i told you i was i told you i'm not playing the early access so i was just like well it's probably going to have like an official release 10 percent off or something i don't know you got to forgive me that game has been an early release for like three years plus it has been it's, it's ridiculous, uh, so but. i forgot what we talked about <laughs> and also i still have to buy my buy my go plus plus and that's another oh. 55 dollars it is pricey yeah it is. Um, well, good for you. Good for you holding strong. I did not. I, I, I picked up a few things. They were all actually on sale a, a fair amount. Um, I picked up Dragon Ball Z Kakarot for like $15, $16. Uh, and I'm yeah. I'm enjoying it with the time I've been able to play it. Um, I picked up Doom Eternal because I'm very behind the ball on that for like 20 bucks. Worth it. 
Uh, and then another game, it, what is it called? It's called Circuit... A gravity circuit and it's like a mega man sort of style throwback game and it looks really really fun like mm. the music so uh that actually just came out so i bought that full price but it was only like 20 bucks so i'm i'm thrilled I'm excited to try them uh if you dear listener bought some cool games in the steam summer sale kyle and i love video games so please feel free to shoot an email we'd love to hear about it okay but enough about everything else that is not pokemon go Let's talk about Pokemon Go on our Pokemon Go themed podcast. All right. Sounds like a good deal. We set some goals last week, as was already mentioned. Kyle, your goals were 10 shiny Squirtle. It was Squirtle Community Day Classic this past weekend. How'd you do? Uh, I did do that. Okay. Two of them or additional, whatever, two shiny sunglass Squirtle? No. Just no, one? No shiny sunglass Squirtle. Zero? I got 19 regular shiny Squirtle, uh, no shiny sunglasses. How many tasks do you think you got to go through? Um, Like between 60 and 80. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. that's yeah, more I, than me. I, I, I put in quite the effort. I did not. My my girlfriend did get two, so yeah. there was that at least we, she did all the same tasks as me. I actually did more, but she did almost all the same tasks as me. So, so they were not tied to specific stops and Correct. tasks this time. And okay, I so was just very goes. unlucky. Yeah, well, to be fair, out of the two of you, I think those shiny squirtles went to the right place. I'm so sorry. Yeah, of, of course they did. I also have one already. I think I think one already. So I'm not mm-hmm. too heartbroken. I just would have liked more. For some context, Squirtle is um, uh, Kyle's girlfriend's favorite Pokemon. So yeah, so it was it was a great Makes time. Sense. Although it was so hot outside, it was it was a toasty one that day. That's why they were wearing sunglasses. They were, <laughs> they were prepared. Uh, did you get some mega progress in? I did not. Okay. I totally forgot that I'd set this goal, so I just did <laughs> not. I mean, I mega evolved a couple of times, but not enough that I would count that as progress. Oh, okay. Well, then uh, I might need to reassess my understanding of my success or not this week, too. Uh, two rocket research. Did you finish two of them? I did. And now I'm on step. Now I'm on step one of the current one. Oh, my gosh. And I oh. also have a super rocket radar. So I haven't actually lost anything yet. They said it couldn't be done. And look at this man out here. Now <laughs> begins the saving for uh, probably one of the Hoenn weather trio. Mm, mm-hmm. honestly it might even just be whichever comes first really honestly. oh yeah because you can make a good argument for any of them yeah all uh, three of them are fantastic so and um and chart toppers in their own yeah. regard uh yeah okay so the anniversary research was the last one did you finish your seventh anniversary i did i did finish that, okay thankfully Good. So you, you did you switch to uh, a shorter distance for the buddy candies i did okay <laughs> Good deal. I'm I'm glad to hear you pulled it out because that one was um it could sneak up on you. That one, you know, you're like, oh, yeah. you get four more candies. Oh, it ends in two hours. I'm busy right now. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. I made sure I was like, I gotta get the distance. Gotta have it done. Yeah. Also, sort of tangentially, I did take part in showcases last week on Sunday. Oh, sweet. So okay. That. Great. It's neat. It's just neat. Yeah. It's just fun. It it needs more. But it is a good start. I agree. I think that's a good take, a good healthy take. <laughs> I would like to be able to see like my Pokemon score before I 
put it in. That'd be nice. I mean, they let you swap it out as many times as you want. So there is that. But a good quality of life wouldn't be knowing prior. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Cool, cool, cool. So that is a one, two, three out of five for you, sir. Uh, this, this is actually I'm going to before you say your goals. Yeah. Noteworthy. A Pokemon is extra small or extra large, a double extra small, or extra large for everybody who catches it. As you know, when you click on it, everyone can see it. Mm-hmm. It's not the same size for everybody. Oh, so I, whether it is XXL and then it rolls within probably like a certain a, a parameter? Yeah. yeah, because during community day, we were pointing out whenever we got an extra small, extra large to me and my girlfriend to each other. And we got an extra large and mine was same CP, same Pokemon guaranteed. Mine was 0.81 and hers was 0.83. And I was like, wait, huh. what? So now the more you know, if you didn't know that, there you go. That's fascinating. I actually like that better because it adds some more variety and competitiveness to the uh, showcases then. Also, if you have a Squirtle that's larger than 0.83, let us know because her Squirtle, when she put it in, score was almost 1,000 for a showcase. Oh, my God. And nothing was even close. So oh, goodness. I'm kind of curious okay. if 0.83 is the highest a Squirtle can go. It might be. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm interested for people to bang on those for a while and get, just get some raw numbers and try to, like, figure out yeah. what it's measuring, how the points work, et cetera, because that that ain't me. That ain't you. We're not doing that. No. We're going to read somebody else's article that's done the work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I also almost got too many experience this week. So good for you. <laughs> how far off are you then from 47? About a million. You're going to do it. <laughs> I got, got five weeks. You got five weeks. You can do it. You could slow down to a crawl and still do it, man. Maybe. We'll yeah. See. Wow. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, for myself, I wanted to catch 20 shiny squirtle. In total, I caught 21. Just, you know, buzzer <laughs> oh right there. Uh, my sister, who I was playing with that day, caught 20. So it was uh, very close for us, too. I wanted two shiny sunglasses squirtle. I caught three. Count myself very lucky. I think I did only like 50-ish maybe 60 tasks um so kyle i'm i'm so sorry uh 50 eggs i did do that lots of hatching to be done on a quarter hatch distance day mega progress with sableye i increased it not every day but enough to bump it to the next mega level does that count you did it every day you said no not every day but i did get it to mega two and that counts you think so? You think the milestone is good enough to make yeah. up for the lack of good behavior? Yeah. Also, it was just <laughs> okay. we were saving mega energy. It's fine. That's true. Oh, I like that angle. Ooh, good on you. Ooh, Kyle, that was good. Let's redo that whole part. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All righty. Uh, four out of four for me. Three out of five for Kyle. Uh, although he does get some points for being more um, brave and having five goals instead of four. So there's that. Okay. Uh, We got quite a bit of news to talk about again this week. Exciting time in Pokemon Go. So why don't we just hop right into it? Yo, what up? It's the news. Okay, we've got three-ish, I think, three, four? Four news items this week. Awesome. Let's start with uh, one that we sort of already alluded to. Actually, we alluded to, I think, two of them, three of them, three of them in the the notes there. Uh, But July 2023 Community Day Poliwag. 
Oh, yeah. Little blue guys <laughs> getting some time in the sun. When is this? It's going to be Sunday, July 30th from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. local time. Again, sticking to that 2 to 5 time slot. It might just be around to stay. Um, if we don't see it go back to 11 to 2 at any point in time for the rest of this calendar year, I'll even go so far as to say this season, then I think we're probably not going to see it. And if we do, it'll be for a very specific reason. Uh, strange stuff. I think with the with the five hours after for the tier four raids, I think it ends at such a nice clean time in their minds that moving it forward and having it end at like seven or whatever is just strange. I mean, yes, but I would love to know the data of how many players actually stick around for those raids. It's true. And every single time I do see a fair amount of people that say 11 to two would be great. Throw us a bone here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And especially in other places where it gets dark so early that are going through winter right now in the other hemisphere. It's just like, yeah. And then late. two to five, <laughs> yeah. once it turns winter over here is, is also going to be rough. Yeah. It's going to be dark by three o'clock. Like. It's nighttime at four thirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, anyway, let's talk about Poliwag because this is kind of a cool one. Featured attack evolve Poliwhirl, Poliwag's evolution, during the event or up to five hours afterward to get a Poliwrath that knows the fast attack counter. Um, for those of you unfamiliar with Poliwrath, Poliwrath is a water fighting type and has had some good use in PvP. I believe Bubble was the quick attack of choice, so now it will have a fighting set all the way through. Encounter, uh, my understanding at least, is just rather strong. Like yeah. a really good yes. fast move. It's, so it's great. Very, very great. Uh, in trainer battles, it does 8 power, and in gyms and raids, it does 12 power. But that's not all. No, no. Evolve Poliwhirl, Poliwag's evolution, with a King's Rock during the event, or up to five hours afterwards, to get a Politoed that knows the charged attack Ice Beam. Ice Beam does uh, 90 power in both trainer battles and gyms and raids, both settings. Um, and Ice Beam is just good coverage, because it is a water type, you know, so having some ice to deal with, grass is great. I don't think I've seen anybody say that they are really using Politoeds in PvE, I think this just gives it some excellent coverage in PvP. Um, yeah. I, you know, I've only seen Politoed really used in like particular cups. It, but I think this gives it an, an edge. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure it has use. I think it's from what I've seen, its primary use is like a weather ball spammer. Yeah, weather ball spammer. But it, yeah. it can be really good. And I feel like at one point it was like meta in great yeah. league. not just not just for specific leagues, but just in great league in general. So for sure. For sure. So hopefully Ice Beam will give it even more value. That'll be great to see. Uh, community special research story. Of course, the $1 research or equivalent pricing tier in your local currency. Uh, the name is Slippery Swirls. It's cute because the swirls in the in the stomach going on, you know? Yeah. Okay. Event bonuses. Are you ready? It couldn't be, could it? We've already had this so many times. Oh, boy. Yes, it is. One quarter. Hatch distance with eggs when they're um, placed incubators. Um, this um, is my um, time to shine, just, Kyle. Move over. Stop. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> look, okay. The the one silver lining would be that this falls in the middle of Adventure Week, but Adventure Week already has a bonus. So, like, what, why would I yeah. want to hatch more Hollywag? That's true. That's true. And there is a logical next step to this conversation, but we're going to save it for when we talk about that event. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Um, in addition to the quarter hatch distance, uh, 
two times candy for catching, two times chance for trainers level 31 and up to receive candy XL. Lure modules and incense, excluding daily adventure incense, will last for three hours. The usual stuff, take some snapshots, one additional special trade, uh, and trades will require 50% less stardust. So the usual suite of things, um, but the, the real big bonus is the quarter hatch this time. Four-star raid battles. Yeah, if you do them after the fact, after the event is over for like about five hours, you'll see four-star raid battles in a gym. They will be poly whirl. You can beat them and see more polywag in the area, even though the official spawns have ended and these spawns will have your increased shiny chance. There will be timed research uh, that will be available between 2 p.m. and 10 p.m. local time that's going to be awarding King's Rocks. Uh, this is, again, a nice quality of life thing if you're not yep. constantly sitting on 50 like all of us. I mean, keep throwing them out. If you are having a hard time finding them and you want to participate and get your poly toad, there's that. That's the time. There you go. Good Lord. I have 15 King's rocks right now. Oh, toss those, man. I'm going to just, just throw out 10 right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a, good, that's a good way to go. Field research. There will be some field researched. Uh, well, like event themed field research tasks. And you can catch Poliwag to earn rewards such as additional encounters with Poliwag, King's rocks, ultra balls, and more. Yep. My favorite is when it's catch three polywag and that's it. Yep. Stickers. I, That'd be cute stickers. That's it. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I just, I think I'm reaching the point where the field research is part, one of my favorite parts of the community day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I like the guaranteed chance at a poly at a Pokemon. That's going to be good. <laughs> like what's nice about it too, is that you, you can look up and see, what is the 100% CP yeah. for this? What am I looking for? You know? Yeah. And, or if you just, if you just pay enough attention, you can kind of figure it out as you go. Like I, I sort of figured out what the hundo for Squirtle was. Did not get one. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I like completing the research now. It's kind of weird specifically on community. Day. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm there too. What I'm not there for is getting like, you know, three to eight catch three squirtles in a row and then getting an earn seven hearts with your buddy oh i'm like God. no yeah <laughs> no. i saw that i'm like anthrop yeah we're not doing that right now we're catching squirtle <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so that's all for polywag community day kyle pros cons i mean it's not a new pokemon it's a generation one pokemon but the split ev and the new moves are kind of exciting yeah, from what I've seen, the new moves are meta-defining. Mm -hmm. People are talking about, I, I think Polyrath in particular is going to be a monster. I think it can now run counter Ice Punch Scald is is what this lets it do because then it lets it have the fighting coverage still with counter. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I like it. Po Polywag's fun. Polytoad is a great shiny. Polyrath is not. Um <laughs> And I use Polyrath against every single rocket that I fight. So it was great for me, really. <laughs> Time to update your moveset. Yeah. That said, I imagine with counter and power-up punch, Lucario is the better decision than Polyrath. Yes. But I don't care. I'm using Polyrath because that was the decision I made. So with this, I'll probably take my Polyrath to level 50 just because I can. Do you not have a Lucario that's high level? I, I mean, it's not. I mean, I don't have one leveled up. I could, but I just don't. And I, I've committed. Polyrath is is my rocket Pokemon. So. Okay. That's a good Pokemon for it. Works out most of the time. 
Yeah. There's a lot of dark and a lot of fire that you see. It works for ice too. That's good. Good deal. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited for it. It's classic. There's some nostalgia in it for us, you know, um, old Pokemon Gen 1ers. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like Kyle was saying, I think the biggest takeaway is definitely the, the special moves um, or the featured attacks rather is the verbiage there. And for me personally, the quarter hatch distance, I'm I'm so down again. So that'll be great. <laughs> God. Yeah. But be, be careful out here in our, our hemisphere. It's going to be hot. It's July 30th. Don't mess around. Make sure you wear sunscreen. Make sure you don't overheat. Hydrate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Next piece of news is tiny in comparison, but it's it's cool. It's cool. Free limited partner research available for Amazon Prime members. So if you are an Amazon Prime uh, member, there is this thing called Amazon Prime Gaming, and they throw a bunch of you know offers in there all the time. For example, I play an MMO called New World, and they had several different drops in there, and they keep putting new drops in there as well. They've been doing more and more and more of them with a wider variety of things, and they're more lucrative, or they're very good about having a lucrative one and then two or three that aren't great, and then another one that's good, so they keep having you come back to check. Either way, it's free and it's value, especially if you're already an Amazon Prime member. This one for Pokemon Go this time um, is a two-page research. And it is worthwhile, in my opinion. Um, so, yep, there's that. Go go, go grab it. <laughs> uh, we'll have a link in the show notes to this blog post, which has links to the appropriate places that you should go in order to get it. Uh, one thing to note, though, is it's going to be a code that you redeem. Um, once you've redeemed your code, you can take a snapshot every day between July 10th and July 18th. So it's ending rather soon for a daily surprise. And I'll ruin it for you now. Um, the daily surprise, it's like you get a snapshot of either like a Pelipper, a Pikachu, and there's one other one. I can't remember, but it's it's not like mind blowing, but it's cute and fun. And the Pelipper is hilarious uh, when it photobombs. Yeah. And this limited partner research is only available until August 2023, August 15th, 2023. So you have a month from this date of recording in order to snag it. To claim all the rewards, trainers must complete the research tasks before August 22nd at 8 p.m. PDT. So while it is technically a timed research, it is free. So no stress. Also, you have over a month to do it. That's the gist. Kyle, have you grabbed it yet? No. <laughs> okay <laughs> i have finished mine already uh and there you know some of the rewards are like take them or leave them but it's free and i just like having research to do so, yeah, uh, it's nice that this has actually got like a research because before it's been like here's a raid pass and three pin berries. oh my gosh no the raid pass is already too lucrative i remember one of them was like five golden raz and five silver pineapps or something God. like that yeah, it's, like, it's been bad. So at least this is kind of at least something. I'll sure. I'll take the silver pineapps, but I've been using mine. I still have like over 200. I have almost never used a silver pineapple. Oh, okay. I yeah. should, but I just yeah. I never do. I use them um, for shiny legendaries. Um, I use them for uh, legendaries the first few throws before I start getting cold feet and using golden razes. And yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> but plenty of use cases. I don't, it's just, it, it's kind of weird because anytime that I would use it, I'm just like, I'd just rather use the peanut berry. Yeah. Or anytime I need the candy, it's usually like that one candy is not going to matter because XL is the 
is the big deal now. <laughs> yeah, but like that one candy over time will add up and then you can convert your candies later if you need to. <laughs> I'm one power up away from getting my Shadundo Arcanine up to max. Oh my and gosh. I'm really looking at just converting a pile of regular candies. It's <laughs> a lot. It is a it, lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. Um, but yeah, there's that. Go grab it. Uh, if you need some direction, pop in the show notes or Google it. Um, but if you want a safe link, you can take the one in the show notes. All right. Next piece of news, Kyle. I'm so excited for this adventure week returns. I love this event so much. And they somehow made it better this year. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, this, this is the sort of event that go needs right now. In my opinion, uh, something that is just across the board, objectively positive. Let's, Hop into it. Adventurers, rock type and fossil Pokemon are everywhere. It must be that time of year again. Adventure week will soon be upon us. Get ready to catch and hatch your favorite ancient Pokemon. In a groundbreaking new development, Mega Tyranitar will also emerge for the first time in Pokemon Go. Be sure to take on this colossal power in Mega Raids during the event. And for the first time in Pokemon Go, you'll be able to encounter shiny Tyrant and shiny Amara if you're lucky. Tyrant and Amara hatched from eggs during the event will have a greater chance of being a shiny Pokemon than Tyrant or Amara found in the wild. But mm -hmm. both avenues are available for acquisition. Are you excited? I'm I'm excited, but it also it's just somebody has brought up the point that Tyrant and Amara are going to be featured Pokemon for our in-person GoFest stuff. Yes. So, and so it's just it, it kind of takes a little bit of the wind out of the sails. But we we can continue. <laughs> does it or does it just put that wind in other sails? But that putting your wind in other sails still takes it out of the current. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying it's not lost. The hype is just being transposed. <laughs> sure. <else>. Yes. <laughs> All right, so when is Adventure Week? It's happening uh, Thursday, July 27th to Wednesday, August 20th, or sorry, August 2nd. Uh, so it's going to straddle that weekend, which uh, also includes Palo Bay Community Day, as Kyle already mentioned. Debuts. Mega Tyranitar will be debuting in Mega Raids. We already knew this was coming. Doesn't make it any less exciting. I'm still losing my mind over here. Wild Encounters. Uh, you'll be able to see in the wild Omanite, Kabuto, Aerodactyl, Lilip, Anorith, Kranidos, Shieldon, Tirtuga, Archon, Tyrant, and Amara. Uh, and in eggs, seven kilometers that have an increased shiny chance. It's only four Pokemon, which is huge. Yeah. It's Tirtuga, Archon, Tyrant, and Amara. Yep, I'm so thankful to not see Omanite and Kabuto in that oh list God, as well. I, I would riot. I mean, getting those shinies are great, right? That's cool. People want them. Both of those shinies are actually really good. The green shell on Kabuto and the pink Omanite coloring, spectacular for sure. But I love that it made room for targeting like the four most recent ones that are really exciting for people still. Tyrant and Nomura being brand new. They didn't need to do that. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It is objectively fantastic and expected, in my opinion. This this should be the expectation for this kind of thing, not yeah. 7Ks with eight Pokemon in them. <laughs> and six of them are fillers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, so Aurora Adventures, keep an eye on the horizon. Trainers will find a colorful surprise if they look to the skies during Adventure Week. Probably a assuming an aurora borealis uh -huh. type of thing right 
Yeah. Have we had that already? We have. have. I think so. It's been at least one time. Yeah. Field Research Task Encounters. The following Pokemon will be available to encounter when you complete event-themed field research tasks. Omastar, Kabutops, Cradilly, Armaldo, Tyrant, and Amara. I'm liking that we're seeing Tyrant and Amara everywhere. In the wild, in tasks and eggs. That's great. It's very, very good. Paid Timed Research. A $2 research in U.S. currency or your local equivalent. Uh, complete field, sorry, complete regular research tasks related to exploring to earn two incubators, a super incubator and encounters with event themed Pokemon. Please note that timed research does expire. The timed research tasks and the rewards will disappear on Wednesday, August 2nd at 8 p.m. local time. That coincides with the end of the event. So yeah. you won't you won't be caught unawares, at least not ahead of time. Trainers will be able to purchase and gift tickets, etc. The Adventure Week timed research ticket will only be available in the in-game shop during the event period. Oh, actually, hold on. It starts July 27th at 10 a.m., which is the start of the event. But uh-huh. they're they're not offering it a full 24 hours before the event ends. And I think that's smart. Yeah, good. Just so. Yeah. Just to avoid confusion and people buying it and be like, I didn't have enough time to finish it. Oh, yeah. Which I makes me wonder what the steps are. Uh, well, I mean, they do they do say that, it, it, you know, they'll be exploring. So yeah, I'm sure like walking. step one is earn five candies with your buddy or something. Yeah, and I'm sure like, you don't want to do that 12 hours before it resets or something like that. I bet you there's like three or four steps and uh, yeah, three or four steps. And each step includes like a walk two kilometers or something, you know? Yeah. This is per- perfect timing by perfect timing. Halfway through the show, I finished best buddying my hundo chandelure this week. All right, my man, let's go. <laughs> oh, so good. now I'm doing my hundo Alola Marowak. I have to give it a name though. doesn't have a name yet. Nothing's coming to, to mind, but not I'm yet. Sure, I've, I've sure been thinking think. a little bit, but you'll think of there. something good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some event bonuses for this two times experience for spinning Pokestops, five times experience for spinning a Pokestop for the first time and half hatch distance when eggs are placed into incubators during the event. That's very good with a seven kilometer egg pool of event Pokemon. So this is a, an excellent opportunity. If there is an area that you have not been that you want to go explore and you need experience, this experience is ginormous. If you're able to spin enough stops to make it worthwhile. Yeah. I mean, if you use, a lucky egg, I believe it's 500 experience per new stop. Yeah, I believe that's, right. that's something like that. It might actually even be double. It might be a thousand. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's either 50 or 100 experience for a new stop and then multiply it by 10 for lucky egg and the bonus. Either so way, it's if it's 500 good. or a thousand, doesn't matter. That's a lot. Great, 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 great. And if you have your new Pokemon Go Plus Plus. <laughs> You don't even have to really do much. <laughs> we're not. We're not even sponsored. We're not even sponsored. That's right. Um, but I did buy two anyway. Collection challenge. Adventure week collection challenge is coming. Complete the collection challenge by the end of the event to earn encounters with Tyrant, Amara, and as well as Stardust. Great. And if you're lucky, the Tyrant tomorrow could be shiny. We already knew that. And in raids, just to remind you, we knew this already, but five-star raids during this time will be featuring Reggie Drago, which is the second uh, Reggie that popped in Elite Raids only. So if you, like most people I know and have talked to this past week, were like, great, I missed all of those, got my one Reggie lucky, and now I'm finito. 
Um, you can run it back with Reggie Drago and do one and be done. <laughs> yep, that was me. I did one Regilecki, Regilecki today, and that was it. I have said yes and remoted to, I think, about five total since this has been out, uh, which is a very low amount of raids for me. So, ugh. Uh, Mega Raids will be featuring Mega Tyranitar. Very exciting, but not new news. That's it. That's the entire event, Kyle. All right. Give me some thoughts. Are you are you jazzed? Is there something about this that you're like, this is good, but it could be better? I mean, it's it's just really good overall. Yeah. Uh, Mega Tyranitar is extremely exciting. It's great. Four Pokemon in 7K eggs is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Uh, I'm probably not going to get to take advantage of the spinning poke stops this time around because there's not really anywhere I'm going to go travel to nearby <laughs> to spin stops. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you could go to like the zoo or something. Not Lincoln no, I've spun Park everything zoo. at the zoo. But Brookfield? And I've done everything at the Botanic Gardens. Like I'd have to go to another city. I'd have to like go to Niles or Desplaines or something. Like Milwaukee. See. Yeah, so I'm I'm good. I'll pass on that. And I don't actually know how many eggs I'm going to hatch. I don't think I'm going to hatch that many eggs. I'm banking on targeting Tyrant during GoFest. So, okay. We're see. All right. Oh, wow. Look at this guy. This is, if, if I see people being like, wow, I've got so many shinies already. No, it's going to be like one in 150 or something from eggs well thankfully you know personally rather well somebody who hatches a lot of eggs uh so i'll let you know yeah well i got larvesta first so you did (laughs) yeah 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 i know you you did and i still have yet to hatch another one it's another 50 eggs it's been another week no no so uh i'm out here just loving life right now let me tell you uh Okay, so yeah, this event is looking very promising, very exciting, and at, like worth getting excited about for just about every play style. I think raids the only thing that are really sort of not having a big draw, but Mega Tyranitars and Mega Raids, so that's fine by itself. It's really fine. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Okay, last piece of news, and this oh is boy. this is interesting. Um, Riolu Hatch Day. We got our details in about this event. Trainers, we're excited to announce that Riolu, the emanation Pokemon, will be featured during the upcoming Riolu Hatch Day event. Wait, but what's a Hatch Day? How can you participate? Uh, well, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. So when is this? It's going to be Saturday, July 22nd. This is next Saturday at 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. local time. There was some confusion. Some people thought it was today. It's next week, um, thankfully, because I I have no time today. (laughs) Featured Pokemon. Riolu will hatch much more frequently from two kilometer eggs. You'll also have an increased chance of hatching shiny Riolu. This is where I have a problem right away. It should just be Riolu and two kilometer eggs. Yeah, You know, I I just during we'll get there. Okay, what is a hatch day similar to Pokemon Go community days, research days or raid days? Hatch days are focused around specific featured Pokemon. And with hatch days, it all comes down to hatching. You'll have a greatly increased chance of hatching the featured Pokemon for two kilometer eggs and an increased chance of hatching a shiny featured Pokemon. That's pretty egg sighting. They wrote that. 
I didn't make come up with that. Uh, no, uh, no, no, no. The egg puns. It's too good of a pun for me to have made that. The first egg hatched. Oh, sorry. The first hatch day will feature Riolu, the emanation Pokemon, which you already know. Get those incubators ready and see just how many Riolu you can hatch in three hours during the event. Event bonuses include you'll have an increased chance of hatching shiny Riolu. How many times can we say that over again? Two times Stardust from hatching eggs. That's great. Two kilometer eggs will drop much more frequently from Pokestops. And that's it. Notice there is no hatch distance bonus. Yeah. We'll come back to that. I've only got a little bit left in this event, and then I'm going to let Kyle loose on you, okay? Field research. Event-themed field research tasks will be available when you spin photo discs at Pokestops. Complete the tasks to earn candy, stardust, berries, great balls, and experience. Timed research. Free event exclusive timed research. Awarding a super incubator will be available. That's actually really nice. Please note that timed research expires, and this one will expire, um, and the rewards must be claimed by the end of the event, which is Saturday, July 22nd uh, at 5 p.m. local time. All right. So that's the whole event. A nice, compact little event. Now, Kyle. Thoughts, feelings, complaints. I have many of of all three. Okay. N- number one, how are you going to do a hatch based event and not give hatch distance reduction? Just what? No, the fact that they're two <laughs> kilometer eggs is not an excuse. Oh, Doesn't that I, that's my counterpoint. No, I I disagree because. Just for comparison, you have to have incubators to hatch eggs. Yeah. It's, you can, or you can do the one free one, in which case you will make me hatch, I don't know, seven eggs if you are hoofing it with one incubator. And they're giving you one free one. I just, I just want to show for comparison, raid days usually give five free raid passes. The one super incubator used three times doesn't even equal the value of five raid passes. So it just feels very strange. But well, let's just give the benefit of the doubt. Okay, 2K eggs, they're fine. They're easy enough to hatch for yeah. the most part. I disagree, but that's fine. We'll, <laughs> we can agree and disagree for that one. Not only is there no hatch distance reduction, you're not guaranteed to get 2K eggs. You're not guaranteed to get Riolu from the eggs. And, and yes, more, much more frequently is a significant increase. If it's anything like Togepi Day, well, Togetic Day, technically, you'll pretty much only hatch Riolu. But every time you don't, that's, you know, 75 cents in an incubator and two kilometers that you just walked for nothing. Yeah, can you imagine putting your two-kilometer egg in your free incubator because you're a free-to-play player, walking two kilometers because there's no reduced distance, and then it's a Charmander. Charmander, yeah, <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. Uh, Magikarp, I don't Caterpie. know. Caterpie. I'd be so upset. It's just only 2K eggs, only Riolu, and you can get away with not having a reduced distance or even free incubators for people to to go with i think it'd be really interesting um if they were like quarter hatch distance 
but and it's going to feature Riolu, but here are two others you might get. You yeah, know? I mean, he, wait, look, we don't actually know the pool of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So that's fair. This is speculation. But it sounds like it's just going to be a full egg pool with Riolu in it. <laughs> that's also my, my which read. Is gonna, which is like six to eight Pokemon, potentially. Yeah, and even if Riolu like, has like an 85% chance to hatch, that's 15% of the Pokemon that you hatch won't be it. And most people are not going to hatch enough eggs to be able to see the statistical difference. They either will feel bad or not notice it at all. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. That's also one of the downsides of having it like, okay, I think it's a pro that it's two to five overall. I think it helps eliminate FOMO and all that sort of stuff. But I think it is bad in this sense because we rely on community anecdotal data when it comes to egg pools and things like that. And there's not enough time for people to do their quote research, hatch a bunch of eggs, report back, and then that be disseminated to everybody else in a meaningful way. Yeah. Three hours is too short. Don't. For that think anything of it that's intentional you think so a hundred percent riolu is too much of a like a focus in eggs at the moment and they mm. know that time is running out because it has to and this is the fourth time they've toted it out for an egg-based theme where he is the target yeah it is the target i suppose the the three hours feels especially bad not because three hours is not enough time but like because chris said three hours isn't enough time for you to make informed decisions yes you either play and spend money or you don't i mean yes we could also we could look at this at as a sinister choice um but we could also see it as a strategic choice and not in a way that would be sinister in a way that sort of like equalizes that for people so that the the everyman pokemon go player who doesn't know where to look for this information doesn't even know what silf road is right won't be at a disadvantage and everybody will have a similar experience i i mean i don't think it's a i don't think it's a sinister decision i just think that it uh, is you know, it is deliberate okay and I don't think the field is level because the people who are going to hatch a lot of eggs are going to just spend the money. Oh, oh and yeah. Somebody Raise who my is, hand. <laughs> somebody who is free to play or somebody who is more casual are not. Mm-hmm. Like even if they know the information, they're probably not going to. But the information is what tips the the dolphins, for lack of a better term, into wanting to spend money or not. I will probably hatch eggs, but only because I have polka coins that I did not pay for that I've had for a very long time. So those. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, might've been gone for a while. Well, I don't hatch 150 eggs a week, Chris. Stop it. Stop bullying me. (laughs) So, you know, maybe if it's not boiling hot, I'll go and hatch 20, 30 eggs or something like that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, uh, so the counterpoint is to the egg hatch distance thing. I still think it's just not great. Like, why would you not just do it? Like, come on, give us half. It's not a big deal. Uh, But one or two, one or two free incubators or half distance. I mean, we get the free event exclusive time research awards, a super incubator. That's one incubator. It's a super incubator though. Okay. But that's three eggs that you're going to hatch in. 45 minutes at most but it's a free bonus for three eggs correct but like i said it doesn't even equate to the raid days 
here here's what I'm saying, and and here's I'm I'm almost <laughs> I'm almost positive that the, somebody at Niantic probably pitched it similar to this, right? Here's what it is: you the the hatch distance bonus does what, right? It reduces the hatch distance required to hatch eggs mm-hmm. more frequently. Where else do we see that in this event? Because we don't have the bonus. We see it in two places. We see the free super incubator, which is a limited bonus, but just for a number of eggs. So not so that, you know, everybody has that same flat value, right? In addition, the more wide uh, value that you get is that two kilometer eggs will drop more frequently from Pokestops. Because remember, even if you're looking for two kilometers and only intent on hatching two kilometers, if all you're getting is five and tens, that stinks because you still have to work through them to get those spots open. And, and that's awful, right? So by making it mostly two kilometer eggs, and I'm hoping it's like a 95% chance like it was that one other time, it, it effectively um, disarms that possibility, more or less. I mean, but I, I think that... I don't need you to agree with me. I just need you to say I, I get what you're saying. I mean, but I... <laughs> I do, but I the the two K eggs dropping more frequently is the bare minimum. That should happen regardless of what happens because that's the feature. But what if it was like Riolu will just be in all eggs? Go go wild. I mean, if it wasn't a three hour time of day, that would be fine. Honestly, uh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. If it was a four day event and Riolu was just in all four egg pools, including seven mm-hmm. Ks, that'd be fine. But because it's one day, they don't have a choice. If they didn't do this, it would be really bad and even spenders would probably not want to hatch eggs it's not one day it's three hours yeah yes. yeah it's, it's even worse but my point is that half distance lets free-to-play players because that's the easiest one to talk about hatch twice as many eggs plain and simple people who are going to hatch a bunch of eggs are going to do it regardless of the bonus because they're going to put nine 2Ks in super incubators and hatch them in 0.8 kilometers. Yeah. The difference between 0.8 and 0.4 for the course of this event, probably not that significant for somebody who's going to hatch 85 eggs, all things considered. Like it, it adds up, of course. Don't tell, don't, don't get me wrong. But the difference between one and two kilometers for somebody who's only hatching one egg at a time, it's, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. They, they they tried it with the one free super incubator, but I don't know. I I think it should have been three. Three super incubators, and then I probably wouldn't really complain that much at all. What it's I would a, have it's a, it's a fine line. What I would have really liked was actually a timed research that had like six or seven tasks that all awarded free incubators that were hard to do. Or like a one use incubator. Hatch an egg, get a one use incubator. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. I'd be okay with something like that. Something that like rewards you, engages, and lets you take part in this to, I don't need to say a significant degree, but a degree as a free or low spending player. I, I, like, but I also understand that part of the point of this sort of event, and it's a new event, right? A hatch day is to sort of persuade people to get into the, uh, like the buying mode. Right. Of, of of course, not there's right. no argument. There. But and I feel like this does that and achieves that without being as bad as it could be. You know, like I, I feel like there is some two way street here. What one counterpoint. OK. But it's it's a hypothetical. 
This is the fourth time Riolu has been featured for eggs. The previous three times they have burned the player base real bad. Yeah. It has been full odds, not even like egg odds. It's been horrendous to get Mm -hmm. a shiny Riolu. So like this is not a gimme. This is not supposed to be a gimme, but it's supposed to feel better to try and get Riolu because the past has felt felt really bad. (laughs) And I it doesn't feel a lot better. Not gonna lie. It doesn't feel a lot better. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think in practice, I think uh, it'll shake out better, but I don't think people are going to think that it is. Look, if I come back next week, well, next time we record after this, and I got like four shiny Riolu, I'll probably probably talk differently. All right. I mean, <laughs> or if I, I see everybody I talk to who's like, yeah, I got three shiny Riolu. It's amazing. I'll Maybe I'll feel differently. But yeah. until I see some more stories. And I think in this one particular case, I mean, actually, there are several good cases, but I'm going to call it out for this one. I mean, we meme a little bit, right, that Kyle has negative takes, right? But I think being skeptical about this with a fourth time and the other three times, right, burning people, like you said, it is fair. It is completely fair to be skeptical about this. But I also think that we should just give it a try. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I'm I'm exceptionally skeptical because it's egg-based in particular. I know I'm negative about a lot of stuff. Try to be more neutral lately but i'm still very you're doing great (laughs) opposed to the egg yeah yeah and uh you know me i i I pray to the church of egg so yeah we good we good (laughs) all right well that's riolu hatch day and that's the news uh so lots of cool stuff to look forward to and lots of things to look forward to shaking out so that we can all have an informed opinion after the fact so it'd be good good stuff all right, we would normally go into gear up at this time, but this week we are going to sidestep gear up uh, because we have had quite a full show already. And Kyle and I have other things we need to get to today. Uh, so we'll be skipping that. I think next week the plan is to cover the Pokemon Go Plus Plus if Kyle managed to get one. Um, I did want to take a moment beforehand just to give a little bit of a PSA. Um, and we'll reiterate this next week, but you do get a research with it when you buy the um, the device and pair it with your Go account. And one of the tasks is to catch Pokemon, catch 10 Pokemon using great and ultra balls using your device. And I had it set on my, I have an iPhone, by the way, right? And I updated the app today. It had a new update. I updated all of that. And I connected my device. There are lots of settings for this bad boy. <laughs> there are a yeah. lot of settings. I was throwing, I had the auto catch on, right? And I had um, the great balls uh, and ultra balls both times. Those are the two things I tried first was switching those. I had them selected. But when the button would pop up, it would ask me for my input. And I hit the button and it would use regular Pokeballs all the same. And I wasn't getting credit towards my research. Let me tell you, and maybe this is a just a me thing, but what happened that I did that actually managed to work? Turn off the Pokeball auto catching, even if it's not actively auto catching. I think it's overriding it somewhere and using Pokeballs after your manual input. And if you turn that off, it started using my great and ultra balls. Hmm. Okay. I'll have to keep that in mind. Little PSA for everybody. And then uh, we'll talk more intelligently and completely about it. I already tracked my sleep last night. I'm so excited to talk about this. I love this little thing. I'm enamored. It's just a cute little Pokeball. <laughs> to- the the, the uh, uh, actual like quality, pro- the product quality is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got good heft, but it's not too heavy. 
Uh, I oh, okay, we'll talk about it next week. I gotta stop. Yeah, yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll talk about it next week. Hopefully, so we have more time to actually play with it than twelve hours. Yes, yes, excellent, excellent, excellent. Okay, uh, so in lieu of that news, we're gonna take a short little break, and then we'll be back with Pokalore. All right, it's Pokalore time. Y'all ready? What a big surprise. This week, we're going to be talking about Riolu, the emanation Pokemon, and Lucario, the aura Pokemon. First up is Riolu, the baby, real quick. Riolu is a small blue canine Pokemon, not canine-like. It's a dog. It's a dog. It's got a black torso and legs, a blue tail, and a yellow collar. It has rounded bumps on the backs of its four paws. It has a black quote, mask, end quote, and red eyes. It stands on its toes instead of its entire foot, like Barbie does. It is sensitive to a special type of energy called aura. However, it does not have the ability to fully use these powers, although it can still emanate these waves to communicate and sense them, albeit only in ripples. This is such a well-written entry. I love this already. It has developed two black appendages that hang down from its head, which rise when Riolu reads or manipulates aura. It has uh, even been seen that Riolu can sense and react to aura before they even hatch. So that might that might be helpful during the hatch day. Maybe you could try to reach out to your 2Ks and see. Hey, buddy, you shiny? Hey, buddy. <laughs> the aura emitting from Riolu's body grows even stronger when it's frightened or sad, much like an anime protagonist. Like most fighting type Pokemon, Riolu naturally has superhuman strength, stamina, and endurance. It is capable of making long journeys on foot in a short amount of time. It is also a playful. Known, huh? Also known as running. <laughs> why, why is it written like that? That's pretty good. That's pretty, you're right. No, you're right. <laughs> it is capable of making long journeys on foot in a short amount of time. It can run really fast over great distances, which is shorter and more accurate. Uh, I still like the way it's written. It doesn't sound as good. Though. It doesn't though. Nah, he run fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, it is a playful, energetic, and loyal Pokemon. Riolu will read the minds of humans to assure whether or not they are pure of heart. In Generation 9, Vacuum Wave is Riolu's signature move. I believe that is not the case anymore. I think uh, Vacuum Wave is available for two others. Speaking of other Pokemon that can use Vacuum Wave, it's evolution. Lucario. Lucario is a bipedal canine-like Pokemon with predominantly blue and black fur. It possesses a short round spike on the back of each forepaw, in addition to a third on its chest. It has red eyes, a long snout, and ears. When its mouth is open, two pairs of pointed teeth, one in the upper jaw and one in the lower, can be seen. It possesses cream-colored fur on its torso and blue fur on its thighs that resemble shorts. <laughs> It's cute. It has a medium length tail of the same blue color as well. It stands on its toes rather than its entire foot. I guess old habits die hard. It has developed four black appendages that hang down from its head, which rise when Lucario reads or manipulates aura, a special energy that it senses like a, like a character from Dragon Ball Z powering up. I just got DBZ on the mind. I, I got to admit Lucario can study auras to predict the movements of its opponents and track their quarry. With sufficient training, a Lucario can read auras to understand how living beings are feeling for more than half a mile or one kilometer away. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the metric uh, conversion. That was nice. Appreciate However, it. Yeah, exactly. Freedom units over here. However, it sometimes ends up learning information uh, that it would not like to know. 
Same. How relatable. <laughs> uh, causing it to get stressed out easily. Again, more relatable. Uh, it also has the power to manipulate the energy uh, in an offensive manner in the form of explosive spheres or spheres of energy. Lucario can understand human speech and has been reported to communicate with humans through telepathy. Lucario is considered to be prideful and is extremely loyal to its trainer. It also seems to have a natural sense of justice as it only trusts trainers with righteous hearts. Righteous. It is an exceptionally rare Pokemon that usually lives deep in mountains far from people, very far from people, to improve their skills. Lucario are primarily carnivores, hunting their prey in packs. Uh, though one Lucario was seen eating berries and plants like roses. Just one, I guess. Just one. Must have been like in the anime or something. I feel yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it has also been seen eating chocolate, even though chocolate is not part of its natural diet. No, Lucario, bad. No. <laughs> Maybe they just don't want people feeding their dogs chocolate and be like, you're just like Lucario. And then they're like, oh, why is my dog sick? All right. Stats for Lucario. Max CP at 40 is 2703 and at 50 it's 3056. Uh, this is regular Lucario. This is not Mega Lucario. We will cover mm-hmm. Mega Lucario when it's actually coming out. 172 stamina, 144 defense, and 236 attack. It's a strong boy. Best move set. There's two sets here. You want counter with close combat or power-up punch, your choice, with Shadow Ball in PvP. And if you're going to use it for PvE, which it is very, very good in the fighting type uh, you know, arena, uh, you want to take counter with Aura Sphere and Shadow Ball. That's, that's your coverage right there. I'm, I'm surprised the Pokalore, the right up here, didn't mention Aura Sphere. Like, I know it's not unique yeah. to Lucario anymore, but it's still a signature move, isn't it? It's that? one of the things that made it iconic when it came out. Like, a lot of the promotional material for it was focused around Lucario because they really leaned into the Dragon Ball Z parallel. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, there's there's one more line that you didn't copy from the thing. Oh, okay. Bone Rush, Meteor Mash, and Vacuum Wave are Lucario's signature moves. Still no Aura Sphere. <laughs> Still no Aura Sphere. Bone Rush is a cool one. Um, yeah, the apparently only Riolu and Lucario can learn Vacuum Wave in Gen 9, which is kind of weird. Previous nope. generations, more Pokemon could learn it. So. Huh. They were like, let's, let's tone it down. Let's tone it down. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back. Everybody out here using Vacuum Wave. That's not good. <laughs> All right, cool. That's a great Pokemon. I think that kind of goes without saying. Riolu and Lucario more so is very popular. Riolu sort of like as a symptom, although it is very cute. Um, And yeah, hopefully that made you more excited for the hatch day, if that's something you're interested in doing. Okay, Mr. Kyle, I think it's time for a Pokepole. What do you say? I say okay. Because last week's week's (laughs) question was, besides Squirtle, what other costume Pokemon from other Pokemon games slash shows would you like to see in Pokemon Go? First response is from Triptando, and they said Dada Zarud from the movie Secrets of the Jungle, just so I can have another shot at a better IV one. <laughs> my actual pick would be spiky-eared Pichu. Just love the look of it, and Pichu is my favorite baby Pokemon. Good taste. Pichu's a great baby Pokemon. Yeah. Who's your data 13 said Ash hat Mankey slash primate. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, we do need that. Yeah, I think they probably won't let us because the Ash hat like such an anime thing. I mean, they they would have to have a time or something. We got 
Well, we got an Ash Hat Pikachu, though. That's true. Like, with the actual Ash Hat. That is true. Okay, you know, I take it back. That's a good point. They would just it would have to have a a purpose. It couldn't just happen. Right. right. Maybe when Ash makes an appearance in the new anime, he still has Primate and Primate steals the hat and again. And so we can have a crossover. <laughs> and then we get a promotional event. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm so done. Next one's from Darth Ninja Lemon. They said Squirtle with the right glasses. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> no. Nine Thistle says, I was thinking the server costumes from Pokemon Cafe would be great. They are all so good. They're very cute. They are so cute. I'm, even I'm Pokemon, all for it. Even Pokemon that you wouldn't normally say are cute in that game are cute. Yep. 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 Next one's from a very own Fish on a Heater. And he said, things I wish I could see in game. A Zerkatry wearing an Orlando Magic jersey. <laughs> I don't know enough about basketball to. I don't either, but I do like, I just like that as an answer. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> we were just talking about the potential crossover of people wearing jerseys from NBA All World and stuff like that. Recipes. Oh, yeah. This is a, a little too late, a little too late fish. <laughs> a squirtle with little yellow firefighter pants and the red suspenders. Yep. Got to add the, the hat like the Unite outfit. Mm-hmm. A Pikachu wearing a Pikachu hat. Which is wearing a Pikachu hat. <laughs> Pikachuception. Like a nesting doll, but hats. Yeah. <laughs> Disgruntled dad Mewtwo wearing an old white t-shirt with stains all over it and holding a crying child. Just like a Mew or something. Just like oh my gosh. crying. Swaddled. The Little Mermaid Vaporeon. Just picture me Vaporeon with like a really bad red wig. Yeah. Galarian Weezing wearing two top hats. Does it wear the top hat on top of its top hat or on the other heads? I kind of want a Doug Dimmodome sort of uh, vibe here. So hat on top of the hat. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> Whooper wearing headphones. Yes. Oh, and then the, the vibing like uh, neutral animation would look so good. Yeah. Kangaskhan wearing boxing gloves. That'd be pretty fun. Mm hmm. Wooloo wearing 300 XL kit. <laughs> Better get grinding fish. And the PvP jokes. Oh, oh man. The PvP community losing their mind over Wooloo on this event, though. It's great. My... Oh, poor Wooloo. Hopefully we see it again uh, in more events because, geez. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that they're more uh, receptive to the hype that Wooloo is getting. Um, well, two appearances in its entire lifetime, and one of them's over the course of a two-day event. Come yeah, on. now's the time. Go grab it. Next one's from Maxitron. They said, my Pokemon Unite Hollower answer was stolen, but if I picked from that one, I'd probably shoot for a Decidueye Hollower. Mm -hmm. Night Charizard and Caesar are cool, too. Aside from that, I absolutely cannot believe we have not had Mailbag Dragonite yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we're getting the Mail Carrier Aerodactyl before that? Weird. Yeah, man. We had a whole event about the re-release of the first movie where we brought in Armored Mewtwo and Super Clone Evolved Starters, but no Mailbag Dragonite or Surveillance Camera Firo. <laughs> I want that one less, to be clear. Mm -hmm. More than anything, though, I want these costumed iterations to be different in the way that armored Mewtwo is different from Mewtwo different stat spread and different move pool. 
if I get a pirate costume Cinderace, I want some water moves like liquidation on it and maybe with more health and less attack than it normally has. If I get a mailbag Dragonite, I want quick attack, fly, present, and maybe a new move and extreme speed for it. Ooh. Armored Mewtwo and the Apex Shadows are such good examples of iterating a Pokemon out a step to make different, make them different. Fly, Surf, Grass Knot, Flying Press, and Present Pikachu are also there too, but I can't even begin to use them most of the time. Yeah, I mean, they're just collection pieces. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just because Pikachu is can have whatever it wants, really. It's move pool doesn't matter. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it that's can right. do anything. That's right. I mean, it's it is a great idea and would be a ton of fun. But. As present by the idea that we will never get armored Mewtwo again. It's probably not going to happen. It's not really fair. Yeah. And the clone starters, too. I mean, that that stinks that we we probably yeah but those at least their gimmick was you can get the community day move on them from a raid and Mm -hmm. we now have other options so that one is truly just a costume yeah but But like the costume is great (laughs) yeah it is but armored mewtwo had a different moveset yes and it was a different style spread it was relevant for a little while in pvp i don't remember what happened but (laughs) it was just bulkier yeah it was before people knew what they were doing Mm mm-hmm Next one's from Cowboy Danger D, and they said, easily the Trico with the hay in his mouth brings back a lot of childhood nostalgia when watching that gen show on WB Kids on Saturday morning. Also, the Western outfit Dragonite from Pokemon Unite. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. All for it. 100%. Yep. Next one in the form of an email is from Slip Slimely, and they said, howdy, boys. Slip Slimely 69 here again. You lads are actually in for a long email. I call this week's question a mistake, but who oh boy, I have been waiting for a chance to geek out about costumes that haven't just been me pushing the topic. What costumes would I like? Oh, God, let me begin. Trico with the wheat in his mouth from the anime. All course. right. Nurse Joy's Chansey from the anime. Again, it writes itself. Mm-hmm, it Barry Snorlax from Unite. Very good. Sheriff Greedent from Unite. I'm a Greedent main. 800 games and counting. Oh, nice. my. Nice. Spacesuit Gengar from Unite. Please, I beg you. All the alternate scale patterns and colors for Magikarp from Magikarp. Let's go. I, I could, <laughs> if we got like a, Mag- a Magikarp Community Day classic, did we already get one? No, we just had the one still. If we did, that would be the way to make it spicy. I haven't seen the, the scale patterns and colors. Are they significant? Are we talking like rainbow magic cards? They just have just like, like some like different patterns on them and some just different colors and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it's hard to describe. Um, but once you see a picture, like, okay, they like have like wavy lines on them and like two tone and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Okay. Yeah. I never played magic Harp jump. Well, I played it for like an hour, but <laughs> it's a fun game until your magic Harp gets stolen by a Pidgeotto. And you're like, no, uh, Messenger Bag Dragonite from the Mewtwo movie. Yep. The rest of the cosplay Pikachu, currently missing Belle and Scientist. Oh, Scientist Pikachu sounds fun. Oh, yeah. Jester Sableye from Unite. The Cozy Cape Vulpix pair from Cafe Remix. And so many more. The Cafe Remix would be so good. Yeah, I really wish that they would flex those. That style is just so, so good. Sure, Pokemon costumes aren't as amazing as reskins from games like League. I agree with Kyle, but uh, that $40 Ninetales skin is amazing. Just not worth $40. Fight me. True. I will fight you. That skin is not good. 
is not good. It's, it compared to spacesuit Gengar and pirate Cinderace, and maybe even lesser extent the Aviator Talonflame. Mm-hmm. That skin doesn't. The Nine Tail skin doesn't even compare, in my opinion, and it's so expensive. <laughs> Anyways. But dang, if costumes aren't precious or don't do a great job of playing into the existing personalities of Pokemon. Thanks, as always, for the fantastic podcast. I'm not sorry for the long email, but I am sorry you had to read all of this out loud. Costumes fan- fanatic. Costume fanatic, as always, slips slimely 69. All very good ideas. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yep. I mean, the- Barry Snorlax is in this list, so how could it be wrong? Yeah. The messenger bag Dragonite is such a good one. And the only thing I can think of not wanting to do it is because they don't want to have Dragonite spawning in the wild that much. Oh, I, that's Dragonite's time has come and gone. That it doesn't it already anything, spawns though. in the wild, though. But like as a feature for an event that like that's the costume you want to chase. They can't put it on a Dratini. It's only on the Dragonite. Uh, true. True. So well, I think just that's, put it in, that's kind of where it becomes a little bit difficult. Put it in raids and then give one for research. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an idea. I'd yeah. be for that. Mm-hmm. A last one in the form of an email is from I am Teaspoon. They said, hi, guys. I would like to see if it hasn't been featured already. A Nurse Joy's Chansey. Mm-hmm. Also, I think the costume should be able to equip or more importantly, unequipped costumes for costumes that you have caught. From I am Teaspoon. All right. Yeah. I mean. So like I could put a Halloween costume on my regular Bulbasaur or take it off. Yes. Hmm. I mean, I, I love the idea. Could make one of my Hundo Gengars. The Halloween costume one would be cool. But the the idea is that you want to get it with the costume and that makes it more rare. So that would never happen. Yeah. That but, respects our time a bit too much. I think. Yeah. That said, being able to take it off. Definitely. Should, should, should absolutely. Be de- de- definitely. Definitely. You know, and I have it pop up three times. Hey, you can't get this back. Hey, the, the, yeah. you really, you really can't get this back. You know, like oh, if do and then on the nurse joy chancy one, do an event where we finally revamp something about poke stops because we've had showcases. Now we can do something about mm-hmm. poke centers or something like that and tie it in with a chancy spawning in the wild with a nurse joy outfit. Oh yeah. It works. It works. It does. All right. So for this week's poke poll, we have, do you think an accessory like the Pokemon go plus plus is a positive negative or neutral for the game? And why? We will be largely talking about just the official ones because we're, we're, we're not really acknowledging uh, the other ones because they're not supposed to use them. <laughs> yeah. But you can talk about this generally in a sense, like, you know, an, an accessory like the Pokemon Go Plus or Pokemon Go Plus Plus or Ball Plus or whatever. You know, it, do, do we really feel like it is just a, a plain pro? Are there some cons in there? Is it bad for the health of the game because you're not looking at it? Is this the way that they want us to play this game? Or does it not make a big difference? That's really what I'm, I'm looking for us to sort of explore mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. So, Kyle, do you have an opinion? I, I do, although I, I feel like as I talk, I may, like, have a winding path here so we'll see okay well i'm interested <laughs> my, to hear what you what you have to say then my first thought is that it, it's an overwhelming positive as I, i've played with both without it and with it usually without it is not by choice <laughs> it's mm-hmm. usually an accident or something's not working 
but it enhances the way you play and you get to experience the game significantly, in my opinion. And it, it helps augment your play when you're not playing. So it can kind of help keep resources and stuff going when you have to go to work or you're driving to the store or something like that. That's fine. But even when you are playing the game and you have to focus on the game, it lets you focus more on what you want to focus on in the game versus what the game is forcing you to focus on. Mm -hmm. You don't have to click every stop if you don't want to. It can help take care of that. Or you can go do a rocket grunt and still try and catch the Pokemon around you and not feel bad that you're missing out on potential spawns in that way. Or you can take on a gym. Same concept. And I don't, I don't know. I don't really understand the negatives that could be associated with it. I'd be interested in hearing what people have to say in more fleshed out ways, though, than what I'm just thinking of. So. All right. So I personally agree with you um, on most counts. I think that I, I would probably not enjoy playing without having my accessory with me at all points in times. And I don't, I make a point of not playing without my accessory at any point, uh, really. Cause I have it on me all the time. Keep that thing on me for sure. But the counterpoints would be that Pokemon go is a free game. These accessories are not free. So it does give people an advantage. They're yeah. able to purchase it. I understand that for sure. Number two, it does change the way that you interact with the game in a very significant sense. So when you're talking about keeping the same frame of reference between people that do use it and people that don't, when you're talking about assessing events or changes or updates or whatever, that will skew that perspective a little bit between the two, right? So for like, for example, if you're a, I only really ever play with my ball plus or your plus plus now, right? Um, versus somebody that is like, yeah, I go out and I walk and I'm looking at my phone for an hour every single day. It's what I do after work or whatever. Those two people will value different things in an event. The wild encounters will be really, really important for people that aren't looking at the screen. And not that they wouldn't be important for the people that are looking at the screen, but those people also have the opportunity of managing their eggs, doing field research tasks and claiming them and a bunch of other things. So I think it does change that. Now, is that change significant enough to really swing one way or the other saying, yes, this is good or yes, this is bad? I don't mm -hmm. think so. What I think it does is make it a much more individualized choice about preference. I think there's a more interesting conversation to be had about the monetary barrier to entry than there is about gameplay. I think I agree. And that's kind of a, a big thing for me now because, you know, I've bought at least two of these products now yeah. in the past, the, yeah. the Pokemon plus and then the Pokeball plus. And this is the third one. And my Pokeball plus works just fine right now. Do I want to spend $55? It's expensive. What, yeah. I mean, will I? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. But right. if I was any other position right now, I probably wouldn't. Yeah. And I don't blame anybody for not. That said, if you don't have one and you're on the fence about it, but you like you spend money on Go, mm -hmm. this is the best money you'll ever spend on Go. More than any raid pass, more than any incubator, more than any inventory space. This is the best you can spend money you can spend on Go. And it's not even on Go itself, which is that's kind of a problem, but mm, it'll inspire you to to play more, you know? Yes. It, so 
I think it's a, I think it's a win win for Nintendo and Pokemon and Niantic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting topic, and I I have a good feeling that we'll get a good variety of answers to people because I truly believe it's a rather individual choice to use it and which device you're using. Um, so j- just just a heads up, if, if you're going to give us an answer to this question, it's going to include the name of an unofficial product. We will either A, change that name or B, which is more likely probably not read that answer. So just a heads up, people that are writing in, please, please be uh, nuanced and sensitive to that uh, if you want to be read on the show. Just a heads up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- one thing I want to say, we'll talk about this maybe next week. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited for the fact that this is connected to Pokemon Sleep. Yeah. Because maybe that means it's not going to go away. <laughs> yeah. And it will get like updates and support and all yeah, that sort of just stuff. Keep making it like a huge problem yeah. with the Ball Plus was you couldn't get it. If you started six months ago, you were out of luck. And that's a problem. Oh, yeah. It started feeling weird. Like when I felt like, you know, a king having my ball plus hanging from my hip at these events, I'm looking around like nobody else has these like, you know, (laughs) it's wild. It was wild. Yeah. Hoenn tour really in Vegas really opened my eyes to it because those outdoor walking things like GoFest and stuff, it's really apparent because those people aren't hiding their devices like they normally are on their purse when they're around normal people. They're around Pokemon fanatics just like them. So they don't care. Right. So you can see it on people all the time. And uh, I just didn't see many, you know, so uh, I'm excited for this device. Again, I've got my hands on it. If you're watching the video version, yes, there is a video version of the show. (laughs) I am holding it up. I love it. It's beautiful. But I will admit the price point is rather high, but it is a good quality product. So there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, dear listener, if you have an answer to this week's PokePole question, which is, again, do you think an accessory like the Pokemon Go Plus Plus is a positive, negative, or neutral to the game, and why? You can answer that question we posted on Twitter, at GoCastPodcast. Send us an email to mail at GoCastPodcast.com. Call us. Leave us a voicemail with your answer at 262-586-7717. You can also answer this question on the Spotify mobile app if you're listening through the Spotify mobile app. Just go to like, I think it's Interact or the Q&A, something like that. It's in there for the episode. You'll see it. Um, and you can also answer via a comment on YouTube. Uh, that's That would be great to do. And lastly, if you're a patron of ours, we have a dedicated channel in the Discord. I think that's every avenue. I always feel like I'm yeah. missing one, but I'm pretty sure that's right. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of other emails and voicemails, Kyle, could you uh, please tip us off to where we might be in the episode? It's time for emails. That's right. And three voicemails. The first one is from regular caller, Crazy Cobra. Hey, GoCast. Crazy Cobra. What's up? Um, just had a few things I wanted to say. Thanks for the last episode. That was fun. Um, so I had a few things. First of all, I wanted to show off some of my shinies that I got. And when I say show off, I mean stay off because this is literally a voicemail. Yeah. (laughs) So during camp, I got four shinies. I got a shiny Tentacruel, a shiny Lapras, a shiny Rhyperior, and a shiny Galarian Stunfisk. Ooh. Um, I don't think any of their IVs were any good. One star, zero star, two stars, two stars, yeah. Nothing very good. Um, after that, I got a shiny, extra, extra large Ladybug, nice. which I evolved. Um, 
I believe, I can't remember if it was here or on a different thing where somebody was saying they did not have a shiny lady boss. So I thought I would just flex it here, um, make whoever it was angry. So there you go. <laughs> um, then I got my shiny uh, Salmantis. And then after that, uh, I got three shinies after that. And all of them were from today or the day before today, so yesterday. Those be a shiny party hat Squirtle. A wild, shiny party hat, Blastoise, and just a shiny Squirtle from the community day because I was stuck at home. Anyways, so that's my shiny. It's very good. I'm pretty proud of those. Um, I did level up to level 37. I'm about 300,000 into level 37 and 22% of the way to an upgrade because I learned that I can actually review nominations. I thought that was a 38 feature, but no. Um, I bought the view research, and I discovered I had to be level 40 to even do anything. So yeah. <laughs> screw that whole being casual player, um, grinding for me. And then I just had a random question to end it off. Do you have pets? I have Choco. She is my beautiful kitten, except she's not a kitten. She's a cat. She's multiple years old, but she's my adorable black cat, and she is on the bed beside me, and she is the sweetest thing ever. And do you have pets? I would highly recommend a cat. Okay. We'll see you next week. Thanks for the episode. Bye. Okay. I would also recommend the cat, although I, I do understand that they're not for everybody. Um, but Kyle, go ahead. You, you've got a pet. I do. I have a dog that we adopted in February. She's a handful. I love her. Her name is Opal. And she's very scared of the thunder from the storms that we've been having. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't have cats cause I'm allergic. Although apparently I'm allergic to dogs too, but that, <laughs> it's too late in my life to, to commit to that. <laughs> this, this man sends me a message and he's like, I finally had an allergy test panel, you know, like where they put like all the stuff on your back and your arms or whatever. I'm like, Oh yeah. Are you just allergic to everything as a joke? And he's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I spent my whole life being like, yeah, I'm allergic to cats. I'm like, no, apparently I'm allergic to dogs too. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well, um, yeah. Okay. Dogs. Dogs are great. I, I had a cat for a long period of time. His name was Copernicus. He passed away uh, a little bit over a year ago. I'm still not over it. I don't think you should be. Um, and uh, but but thankfully, my family between my sister and my parents, both parties have their own individual dog. So I do have the pleasure of taking care and spending time with those dogs from time to time. They're wonderful. Um, they're both pit bulls, although one is a real pit bull and the other one is like mostly like a lab <laughs> with like 5% pit in her or something like that. They're lovely. They're sweet little peas and I love them to death. Um, but I am looking forward to when I'm in a position where I can get another cat and feel good about it because cats are great. Mm-hmm. But in the past, I've had what? Uh, three gerbils, a fish. We had oh a gosh. rabbit. Um, that was litter box trained and had complete roam of the uh, the family room. This was when I was, you know, back in school and stuff. So I was younger um, and that was a magical experience. Rabbits are great. I think rabbits are an underrated pet. Yep. Cool. Good question. And thank you for the voicemail. Uh, very jealous of all those shinies. While I was listening to that, though, Kyle, it made me think, I, I, you know, I should probably take a look to see what other sorts of shinies I have. The Ladybug question, yes, have a Ladybug. And then I thought, you know what? While I'm in here, let me check Riolu as well. I know you have one. I have two. I think one was traded to you. 
but one you hatched yourself. One right? was not traded to me. No, you both hatched yourself? Yep, I hatched them both my, myself, okay. and they were both hatched on events. Yeah, I remember when you hatched one of them, but... The events were Community Day Sand True yep. and Community Day Shinks. None of the events where Riolu was probably featured. <laughs> no. It may have been within... They may have been like nested in a week of Riolu eggs, though. I think but this like, was just a period of time when it was in seven Ks. Mm-hmm. You know, Either remember way. they would rotate the babies in and out every once in a while. I do not have a ladybug shiny, so there uh, is that. Okay. Uh, I also don't have a shiny Riolu, but that's not surprising. Hopefully, I have that's not a problem. Eggs for Riolu ever. Hopefully, that'll be a problem that'll be fixed. Well, uh, we're we'll gonna see. see. I suppose. Yep. Okay, our next email, sorry, I'm sorry, our next voicemail is from TJ Hollis. G'day, Chris and Kyle. Happy time, Hollis, calling in from Australia here. Just a quick anecdote and some questions for you. So I discovered you from your last appearance over on the Incensed podcast. Nice. And I've been an avid listener since. Now, one of the things, as we know, the Incensed boys encourage us to do is pop an incense and then listen on listen to the podcast as we go for a walk. So I've been doing that on a separate day with GoCast as well. This week, listening to Incensed on Community Day, I got two hundo squirtles. The next day, wow. listening to GoCast, wow. I got a level one coughing with 0% IVs. <laughs> a little bit of a change there, a little bit of a difference, but I appreciate those Nundo vibes. You're welcome. And one of my questions... I'm heading to Osaka Go Fest. This is going to be my first in-person event. I'm going to Japan by myself. I know nobody there. I don't know the language. I don't know much of the culture. And I've got no one to play with. So my two questions are, firstly, as this is my first in-person event, what do I need to take with me for three days of play? What do you think that I'm forgetting that I'm really going to need that wouldn't have occurred to me otherwise? And secondly... I'd like to find a crew to play for my play with for my two and a half days of city play. Where do you think I could find a good-natured crew of positive people who were just there to have fun? Anyway, hope you guys have a fantastic evening, and I'm eagerly looking forward to your next podcast. Have a great one, guys. Okay, well, first of all, again, you're very welcome for that Nundo coughing. That's incredible. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, to answer the first question about what you might be forgetting, um, you know, the the basics from my perspective, and Kyle, please, please correct me because uh, I'm not going to get this completely right. Uh, you want a, a power bank for your phone. Absolutely. Um, your make sure you have a hat, sunglasses, sunscreen, all that stuff for anti-sun stuff because Japan is like tropical. So it's going to be humid, which brings us to number five, which is hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Please make sure you have a water bottle on you that you can fill. They have refill stations at these events more often than not. So probably a safe bet. Um, a pair of shoes that you don't mind walking in all day, every day without getting hurt. So please don't wear sandals or something like that. They won't be comfortable and you will have blisters and be upset. Um, what am I missing? Kyle, your phone, obviously. Um, uh, oh, your charging cables. Make sure you, you pack yeah. those. Don't forget those. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to say bring two power banks. If you own two, mm. bring two. Mm-hmm. I always bring two with me to in-person stuff just in case. Also, you can help somebody else out and then you make a make a new friend that way. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. 
see my my answer was going to be sunscreen because i always forget sunscreen oh so, yeah. like that's the thing in person always forget oh oh i've got one what, what you would be putting all these things into you want a backpack but when you're choosing a backpack make sure it's light or has a nice mesh breathable back yes so that you're not just like a swamp monster on the back of your body yeah um i i think both chris and i can recommend more side mounted bags in yeah. general yeah i prefer a, a smaller one that sits by like your your hip but i think chris has a bigger one that goes on his back but it's side mounted so it covers less of your back yeah and if you do go for like the crossbody bag look make sure it's something that you can then switch to the other arm so that you get some equalness there because I, I start getting back pains and i switch it over and i'm good more often than not <laughs> i think that's pretty much it for recommendations i mean I, I mean i would recommend learning a few words to help yourself get around i know you said you don't know the language but pick up like hello and goodbye bathroom and, Yes, no, bathroom, food, sorry, um, excuse me, things like that. You know, look up a list. I'm sure there'll be like the top 20 words you need to learn when going to a new. I'm sure those lists exist. They have yeah. to. Yep. As for people to play with, though, I think he's on the right track, though, with um, being involved with listening to different podcasts. If you're able to interface with those people either on social media or if you're a patron uh, to at least the Incensed Boys, I know that they have a great community over there of like-minded people, especially if you like the show. Um, and I'm, I'm almost positive. I mean, our group, uh, like our Discord group has people going to Osaka. Yeah, there's I'm like sure. four or five yeah. so far. It's it's tough because Osaka is a trek for like kind of anybody in range of the, our podcasts. It's, yes. uh, it's yeah. out there. So it's hard to find people who are willing to make that trip and it's going to be a great trip. So I'm jealous, especially those that like are in Europe, which would be much more likely to make that trip. Right. They're mm -hmm. just going to go to the London one. Exactly. Because like, it makes more sense. Yeah. On the same weekend. Yeah. Uh, one tip, and it's not too much of a tip. A lot of people are going to be in Japan for uh, the Pokemon Championship. So using that information, you can also leverage to find more people because People there are definitely going to want to play Go as well. So a lot of content creators are going to be there. And so there's going to be a lot of people who speak English who are not native to Japan around to play. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, if you're anything like Kyle and I, when we're walking around at these events, even like when we're not with a group, it's super easy to just talk to somebody. People will probably try to talk to you. Making friends at, this, at these events is very easy because you're all doing the same thing. Yeah. They're all doing the same tasks. Uh, if they if they um, design their event correctly, there will be things to talk about. Like at Hoenn Tour, they're where the Spinda stops to convey to other people that had, looked lost, right? Um, and and where is where is the service? <laughs> where in the park can I play right now that actually works? Like that's usually a good talking point too. Yeah. So you will find people, they will find you, but it would be useful to try to scope out ahead of time via the communities you're already listening to slash involved in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then we have one more voicemail. It's from Hero Ice. Driving home from work with Cafe Rio in my passenger seat, going to pick up a toilet for a friend. You know, just casually listen to the podcast. 
And uh, I heard what Silly Cobra said, how she's super excited to get the 37 to start working on the Pokestop nominations. And I figured I'd give a little bit of my input because about a year ago, I moved to our little town of Coolidge, Arizona. And by the time I had moved there, there weren't a lot of gyms or Pokestops there. There were about maybe five or six gyms in total. So eventually, I started learning about Wayfarer from just online resources and such. I started nominating Pokestops, and eventually, I got to up the number of uh, gyms and stops in my town from around like five or six gyms to now closer to 12 or 15. And nice. it's made a lot of difference when I go out to play. So I figured I'd give a few pointers out to people who are looking to nominate. One thing that I would mention first is to not get discouraged. I have submitted many of Pokestops, and they have been rejected once, and then I try to submit them again, and they go through. So a lot of times, if you submit a stop, what I would recommend is try it from a better angle, or sometimes just upload the same pictures in reverse order, and sometimes that helps push it through and get more people to recognize it. My second recommendation would be when you're writing out the title and the supporting info to make it as detailed as possible. When the people who are looking at their nominations go through them, they want to know kind of a, a broad perspective everything around it. So, for instance, in my local town, we have one Chinese restaurant, just one. So in my detailed info, I mentioned that part, and I kind of went into detail on how the establishment was built and how it was supported by locals, and I was able to show that into a saw. So having that detail in both of those sections helps out a lot. Another recommendation I would have is look for anything in your city, and I literally mean anything. I have <laughs> been able to nominate... Uh, park signs, I've been able to nominate playgrounds, I've been able mm-hmm. to nominate um, plaques on government buildings, plenty of restaurants, anything that can be useful in a gathering or social sense, use your imagination. I've found that if you open yourself up to the possibility of nominating a lot more than you would first recognize, if you keep at it and you stay strong, you'll be able to get those nominations and have a really good time with upgrading your Pokestops. And that would be my ground-level recommendation. If anyone has any questions, I would, I'm more than happy to answer them if they go into Discord and add me or send me a DM because, honestly, having nominated all the gyms and stops to my city has really kind of made me proud of all the additions I've made to the map, and it makes me play the game in a lot more positive vibe, knowing that I'm the one that made this great impact on the map in general. So yeah, yeah. I just figured I'd leave that. Sorry for the longer voicemail, and Shenny Vibes all. I'll see you guys later. Yeah, I don't think it can be understated how much of a uh, positive mental boost it gives to you, and like a sense of fulfillment or something when you 
uh, have a stop approved and knowing that you helped improve the the plain landscape, especially in a place that was otherwise barren nonetheless. Um, yeah, no, that's great. Great, great tips. Um, great heads up. And yeah, thanks very much for the voicemail. I'm hoping crazy Cobra, you got a little bit out of that. Mm-hmm. Great. One thing I, I will say is the huge turnoff for me is hearing I submitted it. It got rejected. So I submitted it again and it got accepted. <laughs> that's, that's such a huge turnoff for the system for me personally. Yeah. Although I know for some people that's probably a positive. They're like, Oh, I like to hear that. I can just keep submitting it again. Not for me. That sounds no very frustrating. What that tells me is that one reviewer can, can just undercut a stop or reviewers can push things through that won't, that shouldn't be stops either. or Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's such a big gray area reading through those rules and trying to review stops and stuff like that, because you and I made an effort um, a while back to do that every once in a while. And uh, it's that's so much gray area. So it's, much. it's homework. Yeah. I don't I don't care what anyone says. Reviewing stops is legitimate homework and it's not for me. And some people like that. And that's yeah, they that's do. It's that's totally OK. And, and let me be clear. Thank you for your service. It's very important. It's very <laughs> yes. important. We're not trying to say it's bad. We're just saying it's not for us. <laughs> but yeah, so that's great. There are lots of resources out there. Hero Ice gave some great tips. So so there you go. Okay. Um, thank you for the voicemails. Very much appreciative. And we've got a few emails as well. Uh, this first one is from Dan, Jake, and Alex. And they said, hello and good morning. Longtime listener, first time emailer. My son, daughter, and I have been playing Pogo for about a year and a half now, level uh, 38, 33, and 41. And we, like many, have been unenthused with the recent changes regarding raiding. I have always discouraged remote raiding as I believe the point of the game is to get out and see new things slash meet new people. And in fact, we have encountered several IRL, uh, IRL events and spots that we would have otherwise missed uh, had we been armchair raiding. That being said, we are serial raid hosters on some of the groups and apps, meaning that we are often the ones at the gyms, but are there by ourselves. Sometimes we walk early exa- uh, early morning, for example, and rely on those who remote raid to fill our party. And in the case of shadow raids, simply cannot complete them as most of the time it is just me and my son. I understand the issues on both sides and the two of us have an idea to propose, namely the idea, uh, the idea of raid nodes. The concept is simple. Use raid gyms with bosses as nodes that connect to other gyms within a certain radius slash area and have the lobby of the gym be shared. In this way, people who raid in person in remote areas can, in theory, connect to those raiding in person as close or as far as Niantic would allow. They could make it as far as having one huge pool of people in a raid lobby and make groups of 10 worldwide, likely not ideal, or something more manageable like a node network within a 20 to 30 mile radius. This would also work for shadow raids. I think this would be good for a few reasons. One, Niantic wins as more people go out in person. Two, players win because there is a higher chance of being able to complete said raid, especially shadow raids, at all hours slash days slash locations. Three, Niantic can uh, titrate the size of the radius as they see fit, having to be very small for nodes in high dense areas and very large for remote areas. They could even, if they wanted to put in the work, create a dynamic system with AI that calculates the percentage chance a raid lobby is successful and normalize amongst geographic locations so the play experience is similar for everyone. A system like this would stop the current negative feedback cycle 
uh, less people go out to raid because they can't get groups, which makes people uh, less people raid repeating into a positive feedback cycle where more people go out to raid because they can do them, especially shadow raids, which leads to more people going out to raid, etc., etc. Also of note, in honor of Squirtle Community Day, I am attaching a picture of my son, Jake, who picked up uh, picked out a special Squirtle shirt that he wore for the day. It's great. As per usual, they got all the shinies. I don't understand the Niantic RNG. <laughs> I mean, for example, we did 10 raids. My daughter got one. My son got two. And as per usual, I got zero. That's how Let, it works. <laughs> those are the rules. Uh, <laughs> Let me know your thoughts. Sorry, not sorry for the long email. Shiny vibes to all. Dan, Jake, and Alex. Uh, P.S. We are from New Jersey and live about 15 minutes from New York City. We are all going to Go Fest in August and would love yes. to meet up with the group. We don't do Twitter or any social media, really, but really enjoy playing with others. Let me know the best way to get in touch with everyone in the GoCast family that will be playing. Your first beers will be on me. Awesome. Okay, so to answer that last question first, having now read this, good point. Some people just aren't on socials. What we will do is we'll figure out what our plan is going to be for meetups in Chicago. Now that we're not doing um, the official signings and we're free to do what we want to do, which is a, a, a blessing in disguise in some ways, uh, we'll be organizing probably a meetup every day, um, every play day. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what I'll do is we'll mention it on the show probably a couple of times and slash or most likely and uh, and. I will make a page on the gocastpodcast.com website um, that lists the dates, times, locations, things like that. So hopefully that's an answer for you. Okay. So Kyle, what do you think about this node network idea? I've never heard of this before. This is very creative. So first, my first thought is I think Dan, you have, uh, you're either uh, an engineer or have some computer science background. Cause that's what it sounds like to me a little bit. Um, I'm not sure. I fully, I fully, followed along properly so i'm going to repeat maybe chris if you understood better okay. the idea is that as long as you're in person at a raid or a gym you can then raid at other gyms within said node whatever range we want to associate with that yeah that's more that, or less my understanding that's, that's as my well. understanding yes i mean i mean i like the idea I think it's good, but it goes against the idea because Niantic wants you to be standing face to face with that other person. As little as that actually happens, that's what they want to have happen. I, I think this would make sense if there was some way to um, only have it available for really problem areas that are rural, but acknowledging that and figuring out what that is and what isn't that is a task. And I don't think Niantic is up for that now because they could spend their time in other places. That being said, this idea is fantastic. <laughs> it, is, it is very well thought out. Yeah, I think sure. it's great. I think the only downside would be potentially some confusion with groups about which raids are going into and when and where and stuff like that. There is something to be said about the physical location that you're at because it does make people like there is no confusion. There is no chance that somebody hops into the wrong raid by accident. Oh, we go to that gym later. They have to sit out and that feels bad. There's none of that. Right. Um, but yeah, like it, it, I feel like it might be a little weird where it might lock you out of gyms. You might not otherwise expect to be locked out of because you already did that raid, but you weren't there. It's kind of, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I, I love this idea. I think this would solve a lot of problems if it was implemented intelligently um and correctly 
I just think that's a big ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Niantic can't get a Pokemon to spawn with a shiny turned on at the start. So yeah, yeah. Kind of, I mean, kind of question their you know, capability sometimes. Those little things are like you know, in the grand scheme of things, just mistakes. And I get that, but this is a big team lift. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, though. Is like if they can't get the little ones more or less consistent this long, I would not trust them with something as big as this. Yeah, I think they could do it. I just don't think we'd see it anytime soon. (laughs) Yeah. But great idea. Thank you for writing in and explaining that in such a well-written way. Appreciate it. All right. The next email is from Maxotron. And they said, hey, Chris and Kyle, I'm putting off going to sleep to write this email. Hopefully it's too long and incoherent. (laughs) I've tried the new showcase feature. And aside from being limited to three and being stuck from withdrawing once you've entered three, it feels good. It's not hard. The rewards are really good and they're easy enough to find. I'm just here for the premium items. So I'm scoping out some of the more rural ones for me to enter in to get easy wins. I do hope the competitions open up more species wise in the future. I don't mind it being Squirtle for now, but I'd like to see one for bug types in general and so on. Right now there's one for Snorlax. Yep. It's great. Mm -hmm. Also scoping out rural ones. I'm going to tell a mini story right here. I went out last day of the anniversary because my girlfriend hadn't caught a squirtle with a hat because didn't really play that much so i took both our phones and i drove till i found one and i also passed by a showcase that had two people in it so i just threw a pokemon in it and had first like i'm not even joking 15 seconds before the show let's go (laughs) oh my gosh i'd be so mad i'd be so mad oh good very funny i like to imagine they're like wait what happened oh come on yeah (laughs) anyways I tried to use the route maker. My game crashed over and over every time I started or unpaused the route creation. Seems like it would be a cool feature, but it's not for me. Happened to me too. I tried to make a route for during Squirtle Community Day because I was at a park that I've made routes on like physically multiple times. I couldn't do it. Just the system kept crashing. Really? Stop. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. I haven't tried my hand at it yet, mostly because where I do walk is not really that notable with like no stops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'll need to do it on a community day, but I'm always afraid that it's going to take time away from my event play. Yeah. Uh, well, so I, I uh, do it. Uh, we had stopped and we were talking to a, a family that were also playing and we were passing up directions and talking and exchange friend codes and stuff like that. So I'm like, yeah. this is a good time to see if I can set this up didn't work (laughs) Mm, okay okay i'd say give it time i mean i've seen where it has been successful and it looks great so i'm hoping that they kind of work out the bugs and because route maker is a a cool feature it's neat yeah yep the spawn radius bug fix has me perplexed yeah it bothers me that the bug was given a fix so quickly when other bugs are just ignored for months or years at a time but what bothers me is the persistent spawns bug If I don't close out my game and manually clear every single catch, their overworld sprites remain until I tap them, leading to multiple Pokemon showing up on top of each other. This is mostly because I either go plus my catches or quick catch, so the game isn't clearing them until I tap on them again. Normally, the game will clear them after a minute or two. As an example, I still saw masses of Squirtle everywhere two hours after Community Day had ended. Not Party Hat ones either. Mm -hmm. I'm glad Maxtron mentioned this because I forgot to mention it. But I had this problem during the day as well. It's kind of weird because it was never it hasn't really been a problem for a long time. So something they changed broke it again. 
Yeah, and it's really easy to say, oh, they reverted it and broke stuff in their in their haste to yeah. fix the bug. But I'll have you know that with the extended raid uh, distance, because I had taken myself off of updates until I got the forced one because I wanted to enjoy it a little bit longer or like mess with it. That was also a problem with the extended raid distance. So whatever they did yeah. with that, that initial one and even the reversion did not fix the thing that it broke. It didn't really revert anything. Yeah. So, well, something they did broke it. I'm not saying it was tied to the spawn radius at all. Yeah. That's but it I'm is very to annoying to quick catch or use a go plus right now. Yeah. It's also really frustrating when you're like sh- shiny checking things. Like to me, I'm like, oh, I want to tap on the Swulu. Oh, wait, no. Um, that Wulu is not real. Oh, there's something else. Oh, that's not real. Oh, it's actually just this thing under the other two. Yeah. It's very frustrating yeah. to not be able to tell what's real right now. <sighs> Moving on. On a non-Pokemon note, I met a Falconer about a month ago when I stopped into a trail to take a gym to hold for who knows how long. <laughs> this Falconer had an owl with him, which I know to be very uncommon to train as a falconry bird. It definitely is. The gist of it is if you train a nocturnal bird, you'd better be a night owl yourself and prepare to hunt with it at night. I guess part of this guy's routine was to just hang out at this trail under a pavilion during the summer while his Eurasian eagle owl molted. Apparently, this species is is the largest owl species. It was impressive, to say the least. And for some reason, I had the inkling to ask for permission to approach. I know some birds get very picky about who is allowed near them. Macaws will take your finger or ear off if you're not their type of person. And I assume the same might be true of a predator bird. After approaching and talking for a bit, he told me about the falconer he apprenticed under years ago. He was a a Seminole. Seminole. Sorry. Seminole Indian. I'm sorry mm-hmm. if I mispronounced that, if I remember correctly, and would ride bareback on a Clydesdale horse through the woods with his eagle hunting deer. Oh, my gosh. What? Whoa. That person for presidents. My goodness. <laughs> what? <laughs> Talk about cool. I knew Mongolians do something similar by hunting wolves with their golden eagles, but that seems like it's too cool to happen anywhere near here. Nice. Anyways, wow. I'm not ready to drop everything to be a falconer. Maybe someday. For now, I'll enjoy my Blaziken Decidui, Talonflame, Noctowl Moltres, and my two turkeys, two ducks, and a handful of other chickens <laughs> that don't require me to quit my day job to take care of. Amazing. If you are a falconer, what kind of bird would you specialize in? Golden or bald eagle? Barred owl? Perigen, per, peri, I don't know how to Peregrine. say Peregrine falcon? Osprey? I think I'd pick a swallow-tailed kite, though I love the idea of a harpy eagle. Harpy eagles are great. We'll, we'll stop here and answer that because there's one more question. Okay. Oh, no. I don't know enough about birds at all. Okay. I love birds. I am not a zoologist by any chance. I'm not a biologist. I have a degree in philosophy, but the paper that I decided to write for my individual study my senior year was on uh, corvids, which are basically oh, crows, yeah, yeah. jackdaws, ravens, etc. And the difference is, is that they have an enlarged part of their brain or the, the activity that would otherwise be the same sort of thing that lights up in our brain for executive function. They don't have stratified brains. I'm just going to keep saying stuff and not explain things. I'm sorry. We've got to keep moving. Um, but essentially, they're smarter. They have a sense of time. They have a sense of self. They know when things are good or bad. They have a sense of and, – and basically my paper was saying we can hold them accountable <laughs> – for moral actions because they know better anyway i would absolutely if i could a crow or a raven hands down and if not like just a traditional like peregrine falcon like i would be i'd love to to do a falcon the owl stuff sounds 
amazing, but I think it's a bit much to bite off yeah. for me. Yeah, I I don't think I could do it. I the the pre Parisian Peregrine Peregrine um, Peregrine Falcon. I think my memory of Animorphs tells me that it's the fast the bird that can dive the fastest. Yeah, it's, it's in the, the diving one. Uh-huh. It can do like two hundred miles an hour or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'd probably say that just because that seems wild, and I, I do love falcons and eagles a lot. They're beautiful animals. Scary. Beautiful Very animals. Scary. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's like, yeah, I can take a falcon in a fight. You're like. You no, don't know what you're talking about. No, you can't. You have the same, no idea. The same people are like, yeah, I could wrestle a shark. No, you can't. <laughs> you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to the end of the email. What's your favorite bird in Pokemon? Remember, not all birds are flying types, like Blaziken, Decidueye, Empoleon, and Dodrio. Sorry, not all of them fly. I realize Dodrio and Dallybird are both flying types, but probably don't fly. True. This email is about as long as a migratory bird's flight pattern by this point, and I apologize. For my flock of chicken math to your podcast studios, cheers, Maxtron2010. <laughs> Maxtron, I'm going to need you to post more photos of your uh, of your avian friends, please, in the Discord. I would love yeah. to see more chickens. All right. Decidueye is really up there for me. I love Decidueye. I think it's a tie between Decidueye and Talonflame. Yo, good choices, man. Those are I can't pick. Talonflame, Talonflame is so is, good. Talonflame <laughs> is is the best of the regional birds. I don't even think it's close, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think and you're Decidueye, right. I just I love it. Mm-hmm. It's great. I love its theme. It's a ghost. It's it's really cool. Yeah, uh, this is tough for me because outside of bugs, birds are my favorite other Pokemon type. Um, so uh, Talonflame 100% is at the top of that list. Uh, Rufflet and Braviary are tied up there, I think. Uh, and then, I mean, I could go on all of them, but I'm going to stop myself there. Agree on Talonflame and introduce Braviary and Rufflet as great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. So thank you. Thank you, um, for such a great email. I'm always down to talk about birds. Love them. <laughs> um, and we do have a, a very last short email, but it is from a listener named Ryan who is not yet on this episode because they're working through the show. And I just wanted to say, Ryan, this is the part where uh, I answered your email. Uh, so hi. <laughs> Glad you made it this far if you did. Okay. And that's pretty much it. Thank you for the kind words. They just said a, a lot of nice things about the podcast. So we will move on. Thank you very much, Ryan. If you would like to send us an email, just like these fine folks did, you can by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also call and leave a voicemail for the email section, voicemail section, or for, you know, um, the Pokepole by calling 262-586-7717. You can also send an audio file in if you don't want to call. You can email it to us or send it to me via Discord. You know, whatever you want to do. I, I work with audio for a living, so really any format will work. I'll figure it out. It's okay. You can follow us on Twitter at GoCastPodcast. Visit our website for all things GoCast at GoCastPodcast.com. Patreon. You can help support the show via Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash GoCastPodcast. Give like as little as a dollar a month. Um, and you'll get access to our Discord server for all patrons and great people hanging out and talking about Pokemon Go all the time. And speaking of patrons, shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons. Thank you so, so much to 
Bo, Daniel, Lori, Michael, Ozzy, Arkham, Tish, Marvin, Mimi, Sports, or Hasui, and Ryan, Thayer, Jason, Justin, Charles, Modders, Lee, William, Brandon, Ethan, Stephen, Nick, Kelvin, our favorite listener, Drew, too, Camo, The Ugly Rock, Jacob, and Victoria. Whew, thank you very much for your generous support in helping us keep the digital lights on. And if monetary support is not in the cards for you, please, please, please consider leaving a review. And even if you have done so, please, please, please consider leaving a review. It helps us out quite a bit in ways I really can't quantify because while I know it's good, I don't know exactly how good (laughs) each review is, uh, but it does help. Uh, With that, Mr. Kyle, we got to set some goals and be on our way here. So what would you like to do before we record next? All right. So I'm going to pick up. Hopefully, hopefully I can find it in a store. Uh, go plus plus and use it uh, for sleep tracking and for you know general gameplay. See how it feels compared to the mm-hmm. ball plus. Uh, two hundred thousand experience. Got to catch a Kamala and mega progress. Okay, that's where I'm at. Those are great goals. All right. Similarly, I want to continue tracking my sleep each night. It is one of the things uh, for the first step of the research to track seven nights of sleep. Not in a row, mind you, just seven nights of sleep. So that's nice. Uh, One down. (laughs) Uh, 50 eggs I'd like to hatch, a Kamala Dex entry, and continue my mega progress with Sableye. And I'd like to do at least three plus days that I actually remember to do it. Yep. That's my my threshold. (laughs) Uh, And with that, we will let you go. Dear listener, thank you so much for listening to episode 243 all the way through. We will be back next week. Question mark sooner than that. I don't know when we'll have time to record. Life is crazy, (laughs) but it'll be 244 and we will see you then. Until then, shiny vibes. Good luck with the catch and Z's event and all that good stuff. Bye-bye. Bye.